Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Network Show, where today we'll be talking all things men's tennis, folks. Joining me as always, reminding me that Fila is still a company that exists and makes product. <laughs> I haven't seen Fila since I was wearing light-up shoes as a little kid, Spread. Is, is that a new shirt, or is that just like something from the 80s? Is that like retro wear, you know, from uh, when you finally got your AARP card? No, I, yeah, I think I did get it re- quite recently, and I think that, uh, what, Pliskova is a Fila? Uh, there's a couple of Kenan. Kenan's, I think. Barty. Barty, too, Kenan's I believe. Fila. Barty, uh, yeah, I think Barty's probably Fila. Is Fognini Fila? No. no oh. Fognini's got the skull. And uh, oh, Isner's yeah. Fila. Johnny Isner's Fila, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We're here live <laughs> with Fila, and I'm not going to uh, – sorry, I was tweeting everything out. And I'm not going to spoil any of John's outrights today. Just, just <laughs> as much as I wanted to, to tell everyone. We'll see. The, the long shot right now. Man. I'm going to keep it for myself. Well, John, how are you doing? You ready? Uh, it sounds like you are. Yeah, I'm always having fun, man. I'm always having fun. It's a beautiful day up here in Toronto, so can't complain. Let's jump into the draw again. The men's draw in Miami. As much complaining as everybody did, there's still some pretty good players here. First quarter, Medvedev is the number one seed. You've got Bautista, a good at the bottom. Isner's in the middle. FAA's there in the middle. A couple other names. Um, John, I know that there was one name that stuck out to you despite being stuck here with the top seed and the number two player um, in the world. Yeah, I do like Felix here. I'm, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil my own outrights. Okay. Um, I like Canadians this week in this men's draw, just in general. Um, and there's a, several of them. I think they all have some decent shots at, at potentially making some noise. But Felix Ojeliez seem here in the, the first quarter. Um, I don't mind his path, of course, with the buys. He's, he's got a seed. And then he plays either Pierre Gilbert or Pedro Sosa on a really slow court. Not ideal conditions for um, the Frenchman who is heavily favored to come through. Um, you know, he, he should also take care of Pedro Sosa if that upset were to happen uh, relatively easily. And then John Isner here. I think, I think, I think this is where Isner made his run and actually won the title. It was either here in Indian Wells and I'm yeah. pretty sure it was, it was at Miami yeah. against fed. So he's yeah. there. Yeah. He's got, he's got a history here of, of that one win. But I think when you slow the courts down, uh, like you'll you'll find in Miami, Felix's all round game is just going to be far superior to John Isner. Um, and he's just, he's, the far better return, he does a lot more from the baseline, and he's because of his height, he's still got a big serve, so it's, it's still going to be really remarkably tough for John Isner to break him um, as well. So ultimately, it comes down to him uh, and Bautista Agut for me. I, I do think that he's the better value number here at 66-1 to 1 to win the whole thing. I do think that you know Bautista Agut also could be showing some potential value on the outright market. Uh, he's sitting at, I believe, 25-1 to 1 at bet 365. Um, and then the third name I have here, I have a third name that I kind of um, snuck in. Or is it this in the second? No, it is here. I think Francis Tiafo could make some noise. And maybe he's better to bet on the quarter market. Uh, but playing Travaglia in the first round, that that might be a test. But second round, Dan Evans on a slower court. He should be able to come through that as well. And then it's potentially Lajevic or, or a pair of qualifier lucky losers he's got a really nice path if he can take care of Travali in that first round and his outright number um on the overall 
kind of the whole tournament for bet 365 is 200 to one. I don't hate that for a few bucks. And then to win the first quarter, uh, he's at 28 to one. I don't mind either of those numbers. Um, three names I really like. This is essentially kind of a fade on Daniel Medvedev. I don't think he's quite as poor as, as I a lot of us talk about on slow courts. And I'm guilty of this as well. He has had some success over the years. Uh, but I certainly think that the the number he's at to win outright, I think it's plus 210 at bet 365. He's minus money. He's minus 138 to win his quarter. I think that's just a tad ridiculous considering his uh, previous appearances on a lot of slow courts and, and slower tournaments at higher levels. Um, that for me, I'm going to go ahead and and look to fade him with a few different angles here. So RBA, Felix, and Francis Tiafo are the three names um, that stuck out to me that I think present some, the, the most value in this quarter. Yeah, I, I like Isner. I wish he hit, was playing a little better tennis. I was frankly pretty disgusted in his effort against Sitsipas. I, I thought that was yeah. just sad all, all around, both in how he played when he did seem to be trying and, and kind of what he did when he gave up. But he loves it here. Um, this is a great tournament for him. You mentioned um, he made the final in 2019, did lose to Federer in two sets, won it the year before oh, in 2018, mm, um, made the semifinals in 2015. It's um, he just he really is comfortable playing here. Um, do, do you, you think know, before? Do, do you think that could have to do with the fact that he he plays such quick points? That maybe where other people get really, uh, and he's from, I believe he's from Georgia too. He's from on top Georgia. Of that. I think that's it. He's right. Completely, so um, he's from the South. Conditions. Yeah. And because he plays quicker points, that he, he he's used to the he heat. He builds up less fatigue. Uh, yeah. Right. He, the quicker points mean that humidity is going to wear him down far less. He's going to be sweating probably far less than a lot of guys who are going to grind out points. I wonder if that's come, you know, been a factor in the success here uh, for Isner. Oh, I would say it's for sure. It, it has to be. I'm seeing 80 to 1 outright. I don't have quarter prices open in front of me, John. I don't know if you can tell 18. me what this quarter price is. Yeah, I think one. both of those are probably worth a little bit of a sprinkle. Again, just given his history, his aptitude, and, and the fact that there's just so many kind of unknowns here that he can come out. Like you said, he's, he's pretty much he's in his original home time zone. And for those of you that don't know, Georgia's very close to Florida. That's a pretty short plane ride. Um, same time zone, pretty similar conditions. So, um, I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on Isner there at 80, and uh, hopefully I'll get some quarter prices too. But that was the name that stuck out to me. Um, how about you, Spread? Anything to add here in the first quarter? Yeah, I just have a question for John. Now, we know that, that John Isner is not very popular on tennis Twitter. What <laughs> is going to be the reaction of Canadian tennis Twitter when he takes out two Canadians in a row here down in Miami? How upset is everyone going to be up there? I think he's going to have a tough time with Vashi. So I'm not going to answer a hypothetical <laughs> that it's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> a smooth, a smooth way to sidestep things there. I like that. Yeah, I, like that. I like that. I had to put him on the spot. Let's jump into the second quarter. Alexander Zverev coming off his win um, in Mexico. I love that tournament. They make him wear the big sombrero. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's just, those are my favorite pictures. So, you know, in really nice form, has a great draw, in my opinion. Yes, Yannick Sinner and Hatchinov are down there in the bottom part of his section, but you look at the other half of the, the quarter, and it's just a cakewalk. Um, he's won this tournament before, I believe. If not, he's definitely made the final. Very comfortable here. I, I just love this draw for him. Um, Going to bet him again. Hopefully, I get a chance to find some quarter prices. I know, John, you said he's right around plus 180 or so, which is just a great number to me, and I, I think – that he should be the favorite to win the tournament. You know, I don't know if there's value necessarily in this price at seven to one, but 
I would have him probably as my betting favorite if I was hanging numbers here. Um, what do you think, Spread? Um, is he so t- tough to trust as far as just the, the mental aspect of his game? And boy, it's just so so debated, you know, um, on tennis Twitter in the group mm-hmm. chats that we're in, right? And, and in general, it just seems to be uh, the biggest drawback against Verov is basically just his ability to mentally drop out. And I think that's where Medvedev has the advantage, you know, if, if he were to make it there. Um, that's how I kind of see it playing out. When I do the men's, I'm a lot more chalky than I am on the women's. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw um, Zverev get out of, of here and then run into trouble against Medvedev. Um, but, you know, his game's so good. The serve works. Um, the, the slow courts could be he kind of has a pushing style from the baseline right the slow courts could actually help him it, here it depends yeah like sometimes yeah. he that's when he that's when he starts to lose stuff though is when he tries to get too pushy uh yeah. as opposed to to being more aggressive uh when he's succeeding but he can the slow courts will definitely help him for sure yeah so yeah. i mean I, I agree with what you're saying although i don't think that he should be the whole favorite of the whole tournament um, but he's definitely the rightful favorite coming out of this quarter. I mean, who do you have coming out of the bottom? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a Fritz or, or a Dimitrov here. Like, who do you think he, he win? He has to face to, assuming he gets that far, who, who would you expect him to match up against to win that quarter? Why don't you jump in, John? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I hate the bottom half of that quarter um, on these yeah, courts. Yeah, kind of weird, huh? Uh, I, like David Goffin is just who knows what's going on with him mentally day to day. Same thing with Alexander Bublik. I mean, it, James Duckworth, Yuri Vezi, Lazo, Jerry. No, thank you. Uh, Tommy Paul, again, another guy who can just shut down mentally if he goes down a set and a break. Uh, Marcos Giron's an interesting name, but to get all the way, I think, is this where he he really pushed Raonich one year. I think he took the first set off of him and, and covered easily a few years back. I think he's going to, I think he's one to watch in, uh, in this, this bottom half of the the second quarter, the, the third or fourth eighth, if you will. Um, I'm not sure the conditions are great for Grigor. And even in his own, who, even in his own um, little section there, who's going to stop him. I know the world's going to be on Yannick center. I know the world's going to think Yannick center has a shot. Yannick center has used quick courts this year to serve bot his way out of a lot of trouble. He has not covered a ton of spreads as a favorite. He has eked out wins. He has been completely overvalued. And he's the only reason why Alexander Zverev is showing so much value on his number to win Miami. Zverev is the much better player is going to like the slow courts far more is in far better form. He's not a fatigue fade because their final was, um, I believe, Saturday night in Acapulco. And so he's had multiple days. He won't start till at least Wednesday. Uh, how on earth he's not the tournament favorite? I'm with Noops here. And uh, Alex, I think that there's actually, there is value on this number at eight to one at Bet365. Right. 100% okay. there's value. Eight to one's um, probably close. Yeah, that's 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 like a full unit for me. I think I, I'll be on Zverev here for sure. Um, if he he could disappoint, right? He is Alex Zverev, but at this point, um, yeah, I just I think that this quarter is far too weak. Uh, he's in the half I want him to be in, where Medvedev is so overpriced that you're getting value from Sinner being in his section. You're getting value from Medvedev being in his half, and I think he's, you know, in in a fair comparison, all factors considered, he is he should be a favorite in both those matches. He may not be against Medvedev, but he should be. Um, and I, I do think that um, 
he he should be a wager for most people. And he there's he is going to be a popular pick. I've seen a lot of guys on tennis Twitter already with this pick. And th- there's a reason why, though. And I think there, there's several reasons why. And just to touch on tennis Twitter, as, as spreads touch on a few times, how funny would it be if we get an Isner versus Ferev semifinal? Oh, boy, who do you cheer for? Oh, Big John the hated or, or Zverev, the guy that everyone hates as well. Like, no one likes those guys. It would be really funny. And I, for one, am all here as the contrarian. I'm all for that semi, um, except I'm not because I'd rather Felix be there to make money. What do you guys think about me having Fritz, though, coming out of his little eighth part to, to meet Zverev? Do you think that that's possible, or am I kind of being a little too optimistic here for the, the ch- chances for the young American? I think it's Fritz or Dimitrov, so it's fine by me. What do you think, John? Okay. I, honest to God, will be playing. I think they're they're more likely to come out than Marcos Giron. Uh-huh. But in terms of the odds yeah. I'll get on the head-to-head matchups, I'll likely be betting against – I'll likely be betting Marcos Giron in just about every match he plays, um, however far he goes. I, I think that the conditions set up nicely for him here against Paul. Uh, I think they set up nicely here against Fritz. I think they set up nicely here against Dimitrov. I think Cam Nori has a great shot as well. Um, right. You know, with his with his grinding, loopy play and the really slow courts. All right, yeah, Nori would be interesting, but I, I just he has one of the tougher draws in this section. Somehow, somebody got a tough part of it. It seems to be him. But let's jump into the third quarter. Schwartzman's there at the top. Rublev at the bottom. This other new Russian guy here, this Karatsev fellow. Um, <laughs> who, I mean, the only thing I really know him for is a couple of years ago, a um, so let's say uh, less than great possible conduct. But we'll move forward, Spread. What do you think of this quarter? How do you see it shaking out? Um, who comes out and uh, any value for you from an outright perspective? Yeah, um, let's see. This uh, You guys gave me this quarter. This is what we call the Russian quarter. And... Um, Gosh, I was trying to think of a funny joke. I just can't come up with that. I'll do that next time. Um, I tried to Google the word for quarter in Russian, but they do not use the same kind of alphabet we do. So I'm not even really sure how to start with whatever this is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I'm glad I got the Russian quarter in honor, honor of Kastikina's win last week in St. Petersburg. Ah. And I think that, that Karatsev's got a great chance here. Of course. Wet food this week for the Cats. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, they've just been loving it. They've even got pork off my plate. I mean, it's just been – they've been they've been getting uh, spoiled this week. So hopefully they don't gain too much weight. But, um, yeah, I, I do – I like Karatsev here to, to continue here. But as we spoke during the prep, I think that he might be bordering on, on maybe the most overvalued player right now because if you take out the run that he had – you know, at the beginning of the year, he hasn't necessarily been that impressive in this career. And how many times have we seen players get hot for for a couple of weeks, get hot for a month, become the talk of the tour, and then kind of regress back to what their actual talent level is? So that would might be concern uh, backing Karatsev here. Um, so I don't, I don't, I'm not going to do it. I don't think there's any value on him. If I do, if I do take a Russian here, I'm taking Rublev. Um, we saw that how well he played towards the end of the year. Uh, he kind of gets overshadowed, right? Because Medvedev's played so well and because of his personality takes so much more of the spotlight than Rublev, who I'd say is a little more unassuming and less charismatic of the two. Uh, but Rublev's got all the same skills, all the same talent, right? And, and we're just waiting for him to shine through, uh, kind of like Medvedev has in the last couple of years. So I think that he's great. Uh, he's my pick to win the quarter here. Um, if we're looking for value here, um, I mean, do we ever want to count Fognini out uh, when we're trying to make value plays? Yes. Because we do want to t- count him out. Why are we counting him out? 
because I'm not Miami. He wants to go hang on the beach. (laughs) I'm not betting on Fabio on hard courts in an outright market, unless you're giving me like a a stupid number. Um, No, I'm not. Okay. Well, I might be on an island there. Um, the the cool skull skull island. I thought he wore Fila. Maybe that's maybe that's where. He, I think he did switch. I think he switched from one either to or from whatever the skull brand is a cup two years ago or a year ago. Yeah. I'm not sure which which way he went, whether to it or from it, but something. Yeah, um, and if we want to talk about you know other other mercurial people that you know have a shot if they play their best tennis, but that they only do that less than fifty percent of the time. Um, pairs in here as well. Um, I don't. Try, for, I don't know why. I expect. I, I think that I. I like fog to make a surprise run here, um, more than pair. And then I think you also had a um, an outright that I'm instructed not to spoil. If you want to go ahead and jump into that, John. Yeah, this is like a, a couple dollars. Throw a couple loonies and toonies at it. I have to say that just for you guys, uh, because loonies yeah, yeah, and toonies. Those are one dollar and two dollar coins here in Canada. One has a loon on it. That's a bird. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the other one, I believe, has a polar bear, the Toonie. So pretty Canadian. Um, but I'm going to throw a couple on Christian Garin. Uh, look, 450 to 1. I mean, if Rublev gets hurt and has to retire, I, he probably, I'm not counting on it. But 450 to 1 for a few dollars. To, and, and if he gets past Rublev, the rest of that section on slow hards, like, I would not count him out. Um, uh, yeah, I think that there's a little bit of value there in, in Christian Garin uh, for um, – for this this quarter is all I have uh, is a couple bucks on Gary, and I want nothing to do with the rest of this quarter. What do you think, um, uh, Alex? Any loonies and toonies for you on Green? <laughs> no, no toonies, no loonies. Uh, it's you know, I, I wonder if he start, he's maybe looking at this draw and kind of shrugging, knowing that he's going to win a few matches, and things just get really tough for him. So. Um, I wonder if we just kind of see him play those few matches and maybe pack his bags up and head to whichever clay tournament he wants to play. I feel almost similarly about Schwartzman. Schwartzman, I don't think, has ever won past the second round, either here or in Indian Wells. Um, again, just expect him to kind of look forward. So it really is Karatsev there up at the top, kind of all by himself. You know, Rublev just has a dream of a draw. Um, you know, John, you mentioned he sometimes is a little fragile, but you know, Sandgren or Martinez, that should be no problem. He's going to wail on Fuksovic again. Hey, Fuksovic will just quit and not show up. Did, um, Gant- did you see Gant- what he said? There. Yeah. You see what he uh, said in Dubai? I don't want to – I hope I never have to play you again or I don't want to be playing you again or something along those lines. the second time lines. since then, I think. Wow. <laughs> and now he's he, – because he lost twice in a row. He lost the Rotterdam final, then lost in Dubai uh, to Rublev. And then, of course, as soon as he says that, it's like the tennis gods – smited him and put him right in that same section for the third time and i think three or four three or four tournaments the third time right after he said he didn't want to play him anymore boom they'll be playing each other in their second match each if they win their first it's crazy it's just a great spot for rublev you know again he's far away from medvedev which has just been a problem for him um you know he, he lost to karatsev in three sets and wasn't really the best thing in the world but I think these are going to be great conditions for him, um, given how slow it's going to be. I don't think he's going to mind the heat and the humidity. Um, just has a nice game here. I expect him to win this quarter, but you know, not, not really any value in the betting markets for me. You know, as I start to pick a bracket, I have him in the final, and I'm thinking about picking him to win the tournament. But as I look at the odds, you know, three and a half to one, meh. He's right around even money to win this quarter. Nah, yeah, it all seems about right to me. So, nothing really to attack from an outright perspective for me here in this third quarter. 
I almost wonder if Karat said it's 16 to 1 to win the whole thing. Like, he is on a run. The man doesn't seem to tire. He has done it a couple times, both the Aussie run, Dubai. Like, he's proven himself. I almost wonder if, like, and because he did well on clay at the end of last year, it's, I don't think the slow, like, he can still play on hards, but it's like if you slow it down, will it affect him? I don't think he's affected by slow courts per se. He's got the fitness as we've seen. I wonder if there's some eensy-weensy bit of value for him to at least get to Rublev. I think it'd be really hard to beat Rublev twice in a row right now, um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, so I would actually look for him maybe to win the quarter at plus 333 or a little better than 3-1. to one. I think I like that better than, you know, the 16-1. to one. You know, you're going to get there earlier. You Basically, it's, if Rublev is there, you have a chance to buy out. I think that line will actually be pretty close. If Rublev's not there, he's a big favorite over, I think, anybody that's going to face him there in that quarterfinal. If Rublev's not there. Having it. Yeah, if Rublev's not there, he's a huge favorite. And then you avoid having to do any sort of hedging with the fourth quarter winner or the final or anything like that. And that can get kind of messy, but 16 now, to 1 is is close. Again, I would want 20, which I know doesn't exist. But if I wanted to attack Karatsev, I think that quarter price, 3 to 1 or better, that's probably actually a little value there. And for Europeans and Aussies and those with access to Betfair, check Betfair because a lot of times their outrights That's on true. the exchange are a lot better. You might get a 20, you might get like a 23, um, like 22 to one. I can't even get on Betfair to see their prices. Like you guys can get on 365, but you just can't wager from where you are open an account. I can't even see Betfair. Like as soon as I try and get to their website, it's like, sorry, not authorized in this country. Can't even get on the site. So I can't tell you the prices there. And I don't see, I don't know a site where like odds portal, I, I don't think has bet fair um but yeah check them also if if rublev is not in that quarterfinal noops we don't want to see karatsev there because that means christian garina my 450 to one have a tiny little sliver of a prayer to there be we potentially go. in a semi all right we'll be optimistic <laughs> let's jump into the fourth and final quarter and we have the russian quarter and this kind of ends up being the canadian quarter and i know yeah. since is the seed down here at the bottom but he stinks here. He's never really played well in Miami. He's never played well in Indian Wells. You look at his draw, you know, he's going to have to play either Kevin Anderson, who's basically going to play more or less the same way he does, or Montero, who's going to try to work him. Then possibly KD Shikori, who seems to be working himself back into some shape here in that next match. Then possibly Demon Hour. It's just a mess before he even gets to the quarterfinal. So I think this is a great quarter to attack. As I look at the top half, Shapovalov was the name that I had circled. Um, you know, he's got a buy. I think Juan, you know, maybe we'll test him a little bit, but I just don't see really any trouble until he possibly gets Milos Raonic there. So I like Shapovalov here. He's plus 450 to win the quarter. I'm going to play that for a little bit. Um, was looking at his outright price. I believe it's right in the 20-ish range, maybe even better than that. Um, 25 to 1. So um, like him there. Now, John, there's another Canadian that you were looking at. Milos. <laughs> I like you said, I think I, I do think they both have a decent path considering the court speeds, considering uh all things considered. Like Roundich is I think Roundich has essentially, and I'm gonna say this and look like a fool when he loses his first match, but he's basically got a buy to the third round. Jordan Thompson hasn't won a damn thing this year. Um and Federico Del Bonus on hard courts, like yeah, enough next. Um and then Ugo Umber, maybe Chris O'Connell. Like if Chris O'Connell goes on a run, I know Zampa. Um, our, our friend <laughs> yeah. of the show would love that, but the enthusiast. I I wonder if I'll play him against Ugo Umber in the second. But I think Roundich on when you slow it down a bit and you take away like those two would just serve it out and see who wins in a tiebreak. In a, more often than not, 
in the sets head-to-head between Umber and Raonic. When you slow it down a bit, I think you're giving the advantage, believe it or not, to Milos more than you are uh, to Umber. I think he's got a better pedigree. I think he's shown a bit more. So I do think Milos gets through there. And I, I see no reason when they're both over 20 to 1 not to back them both re- really, really small. Um, and I, I do think opposing, I, I really wanted to bet Sitsi Pass here. Soon as I, you had Djokovic withdraw, you get slow, hardcore. Sitsi Pass is very, very opposable on quick hardcores because his returning is just piss poor and he's a huge favorite. And you just get a ton of uh, five all sets or six all sets going to a tie break. And then you're basically flipping um, for, you know, <laughs> for for sets and then you know you're opposing with plus 300 but on slow hard courts it's it's the complete opposite story his return game comes into play and it's actually very strong on in these types of conditions i know he hasn't done much historically at this venue or at this tournament i should say because it has changed venues in the last couple of years but I, I do believe that um he's one to watch here but you're right i think nishikori could um, especially in slower conditions, could be a real menace. I do think that Shapovalov and Raonic could give him the same type of scare that Felix gave him in Acapulco. Uh, I do think there's a lot of, of roadblocks just to get out of his quarter, and then a Rublev potential matchup could be tough. A Karatsev matchup could be tough. Like, it is not a nice road um, for the price given. I can't... The one thing I wanted to talk about when we got to Pass was how on earth is his number lower than Zverev's? When Zverev has the much easier path um, to the semifinals and the probably the final. He's away yeah, that, from Medvedev. That's what I mean. But like, that's so perfect if you're betting Zverev, right? Because Medvedev is less imposing to me on these courts than Rublev would be. Um, so Ooh, I, I think okay. Pass has a much tougher uh, path to get to the semis and the final um, than Zverev does. And Zverev is a full dollar higher on the outright market. So I, I do think that uh, you have to pass on Pass here as much as I wanted to play him. Um, and uh, you got to respect his ability. But I do think that that the value does lie elsewhere in this uh, quarter, as we talked about the Canadian quarter. Now, Nuke, yeah. I agreed with most uh, of your breakdown, but except for is is Herkax got a chance against Shapovalov? It's that's an like, intriguing one. Yeah, like when you said he gets past there, that that's the match that I could see. I could see back in Herkax. I mean, what, what do you think that would be lined at? I'm going to get plus two hundred, right? No, you don't think so. I don't. I think they just played. They just played. They just played. Yeah, they played in Dubai. Chapo beat him in Dubai last week. I think that was was that the uh, was that the first time Chapo's beaten him. I think it was. As I brought up head to head, look at me. Um, Yes. We but I want to check it. It three years. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) I do want to check that price though because. I don't think it was that. Uh, it was he was plus one sixty five, but since Chapel routine him, you might get plus one eighty, plus one eighty five, or you could get the market pushing it right to two hundred for you. I guess uh, if everyone just starts parlaying Chapel, yeah, that would but, be a PLV play for sure. Yes, and these these uh, conditions probably suit her catch a little bit more um, than Dubai, especially in that head to head matchup in terms of style than they would Chapel. So. You know, you're right. I think if there's one spot to look at, Herkatch had won the previous two meetings. Mm-hmm. And I do think that this is one of the rare head-to-heads where I kind of look at it because Herkatch's style is far less erratic. He can blow leads and he can get a little mentally inconsistent. But in terms of his actual game, it's, he's far more consistent than Chapo. He can still serve well. And that kind of style will bug Chapo, right? Because he, he is so hit or miss. He loves to hit his flying backhands where he, he puts them in 20% of the time. And no one forgets the 80% of the time that they miss and, and they're an unforced <laughs> exactly. error. So, you know, this is how he loses himself matches. And I still hate that backhand. But, I mean, I do think that this is an intriguing matchup for Herkatch. And I do think 
all things considered with form and talent, Chapo is the better player. And I still think because he's in City's quarter, you're getting a nice uh, number on him in the outright market, though, all that said. I wonder if Hubie's the better rapper, though. <laughs> Almost certainly not. He's got a better rapper. Oh, he has to be. He has to be. I mean, can you be worse? No offense, Dennis. Can you be uh, worse? I'm, I'm still waiting for the Shapovalov uh, Yastremska compilation. Oh, that'd be fun. Someday. <laughs> now, the one thing I, I did want to touch on, you know, John, we both like Shap, the Canadians here. They're plus 450 to win the quarter. If I put an even amount on each, it's basically a plus 175 ticket, um, you know, or a 36.5% break even chance. And honestly, if you want, you could roll Hubie in there and we get it down to about like plus 155 or a 39 percent break-even chance. So I don't know if I want to dump Hubie in there, but while you guys were talking, I added that. But both of the Canadians, again, at plus 450, put them together, looking at plus 175. That doesn't sound like the worst idea to me. Well, then my issue there is, wouldn't you get that just in a head-to-head matchup with Pass in that case? Like, you probably get a plus 150 to plus 160. May as well just wait, hope they get there, and then just play the money line against City, I would think. I don't think they'll be plus 130 against Pass. I guess I'm expecting him to, to get knocked out somehow before then, and then it's gone, right? Then so, it's, then it's, yeah, then you're screwed. Yeah, and then you have huge value. I'm going to mull that one over. That was the, the last idea I had. So I think that's just about it, again, from an outright perspective. You know, as we start to go back and look, and John, you had a small piece of Garin there, um, Roundage you liked. Um, what other names did I miss? In, uh, so – I'm going full unit on Sasha Zverev um, in the second quarter. In the first quarter, I've got a quarter unit on Felix Auger-Aliassime. Um, I've got like literally $5 or like five bucks on Tiafo, a few dollars on Garin. Um, and then I do like the Shapovalov, Milos Raonic ideas um, in the fourth quarter. And finally, I, 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 I don't have anything yet on Bautista Agut, but I do want to play that in some capacity, whether it's quarter or or outright overall, I'm not completely sure just yet, but that is one um, I'd like to mark down as well. Yeah, six to one for the quarter would be my angle if I was going with RBA. Um, from an outright perspective, I want to play Chapo at 25 to one, Isner at 80 to one. Um, going to grab Isner at the quarter, 18 to one for a little bit. Uh, Zverev to win the second quarter. I'm going to go even higher in the unit there. That's just a great price. I'm actually get in the car and even drive to New Jersey to bet that. Um, oh, nice. Chapo and Ranich again. I'm definitely going to have Chapo at plus 450 and probably Ranich too. I'll probably end up doing um, the Dutch. Not sure for how much, but that was everything I had covered. How about you, Spread? I'm only playing one outright. And some people just want to see tennis Twitter burn. I'm taking John Isner at the 80 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> just because, number one, he's had success here before. We know he's going to do so well in the conditions. And number two, how enjoyable would it be? It might be worth more than the money just to scroll tennis Twitter win after win that big John Isner puts down with his big serve, the style that everybody outside of America hates, you know. Uh, so I- I'm going for John Isner there. I think it's a good value too, but uh, a lot of fun in that one too. I forgot that it, to be a contrarian, I would have to cheer for a serve bot. I'm out. Uh, like on John, Tank, I'm out. <laughs> John, on Bet365, they have who will go further, Sitsipas or Zverev. It's minus 120 each way. That's tempting. And not by tempting, I mean that's going to be played. That's, All right. yeah, I'm driving to Jersey. We're going to Jersey. <laughs> We're taking a road trip to New Jersey, again? boys. 
It's not that bad. It's like it takes me about an hour round trip. That I drive to a McDonald's just over the bridge, and it costs me five dollars to escape New Jersey to come back home. But you know, an hour and five <laughs> bucks—that's not too bad of a fee to, to lump onto everything. I'm trying to think. So the other head-to-heads they have: um, Rublev to go further than Medvedev. Rublev's plus one hundred. Chapo to go further than Sinner's minus one fifty. And Karatsev to go further than Round is just minus one eighty-eight. I don't think I like the other three, but that uh, Zverev minus one twenty to go further than Sitsipai is uh, that's a, that's that's tasty. Yeah, that is one I will probably be on. But again, I keep saying probably, but I will be on. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to be on that. <laughs> like, I don't we're, know why we're I keep doing that. Probably that's happening somewhere. Snize is maxing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's jump. Hammer. Let's jump. Let's jump into some uh, first round matches here. We've got lines on a bunch, but you know, given kind of the disparity in talent here, they're not quite all worth talking about. So um, we'll touch on probably about half of them. Alcaraz plus one twenty seven against Rusevori minus one fifty nine or two point two seven and right around one point six two, if you will. Um, you make it a face, John. I didn't. You said plus one twenty seven. I was like, man, I was looking at this at plus one seventeen. I was interested. You're looking at the bookie average. If Canadians That's out there true, are, I am. at bet hard, uh, he's plus one forty five. He's plus one forty at Pinnacle right now. Um, for all the Canadians out there, my word. Ah, I was liking this before. I think the slower courts could help the youngster. Um, he got beaten down by Zverev on slow hard courts, but I mean, that's he's still young. That's going to happen. I. I I mean, I respect Emil. I think he's a very good player. I think he's also up and coming. But on slower hards, I think that I'm going to be playing Alcaraz here at plus 140. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I'm with I'm with uh, Jorge here. I'm going to take the dog. Um, this is another one. I, I hate to sound like a broken record. I also think he's going to be able to adapt to the conditions easier. So Yeah. Anderson's minus 190 over Montero. You know, Caruso's minus 263 against Uchiyama. Charty's minus 303 against Kudla. Chilich minus 500 against Korea. Just, you know, all kind of big numbers that maybe we don't love, but we think are probably more correct than wrong. Certainly, you know, no attacking any of those underdogs, right, guys? Montero is the only one just because Anderson's form is just so so hard to, to gauge right now. What, what, what do you think there, Jorge? Well, I mean, it's back to plus 160 at Pinnacle, so I'm, I'm back to being interested. It was it opened around, I think, 170, mm-hmm. and there I was really intrigued. But the problem is Pinnacle has such low liquidity that you're basically doing their jobs for them when you hammer a line, when they release it. They're like, oh, hey, here's the max stake of 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, you bet 100 on it, and it moves it moves that line by 10 cents. And I just mm-hmm. I have, like, a principal issue with, with – like, I guess you have to take the openers when you can. But the fact is, if, like, pros can't get openers at Pinnacle for anything more than, you know, 180, 200 bucks of tennis. Um, and then if if you are sharp, you are you end up doing their jobs for their, like, they hire lines makers and odds makers to make algos. They spit out these numbers. They pay them all this money, and they're garbage. And then you get paid 100 bucks to correct it for them. Screw that. Um, but it, it's down to plus 160, but I still think <laughs> that was my rant for the day. That was my rant for the day. Um I still think plus 160 is is a number you can attack here. I did skip in my rundown. Kukushkin's minus 200 over Draper. We're jumping over that. Yeah. Um, Gaston, though, plus 204 against Keffer. Keffer minus 263. You know, again, we're looking right around three in terms of decimal prices and a little probably about 1.38, 1.39. Um, John, are we taking the underdog here? I know you like Gaston. I'm thinking about taking a flyer. Think about taking a flyer. It would be like a half-unit play. Um, I, I'm not huge on the matchup, the lefty on lefty 
uh, concept here. Kepfer has, has been, the development has been nice, uh, better serve. But I think that with the slower courts, I think Gaston could really grind um, Kepfer down. And I think over three, anything over $3 is, is really is really screaming value at me, even though I don't love the matchup style. I do think there's other factors here at play that kind of make up for that, and that should push this price back down below uh, the $3 mark. I, I could make a case for it to be as low as $2.60, $2.75 maybe, but even still, I mean, $0.50 cents at this at, in this odds range isn't as big of a difference as you would think in terms of implied probabilities, but I, I, I still think there's enough of an edge um, that this number should be a, a lot lower than it is right now. Yeah, makes sense to me. Um, you know, moving forward, Tommy Paul minus one eighty five against Jerome looked just about right to us. Air Bear minus you know over six hundred against Pedro Sousa. You know, John, I know you were laughing about maybe even using that in a parlay, but you know, still a pretty big number. Yeah, I'm going to go back to Jerome though. I, I think I probably would be on Jerome here. Um, okay, Paul's too mercurial for me on these courts. I think we saw Jerome do this. A few years back, I think it was here or Indian Wells, he really pushed Milos. Uh, he's really crafty. He finds ways to hold serve really well. Um, not exactly the biggest guy. He's very underrated for me. And I think he made a couple runs in New York as well, that that Long Island tournament with the black courts, where they're, I believe, pretty mm-hmm. slow. Um, and he, he's done he's done well there. He has shown himself to be a real kind of pest on slower hard courts. And I think, one, that's – that is what I want in an underdog here too. I also think that that's the style that Tommy Paul will hate playing against. I don't think he wants to be out there. If Jerome takes the first set, boy, oh boy, I think Tommy Paul might just after a while, does he want to play 20 shot, 15 shot rallies um, back and forth for two full, like two more full sets? Uh, I don't think so. So I think Jerome is, is something to look at here. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Stevie Johnson just looked awful last week. Is somehow a small favorite over uh, Yannick Hoffman, minus 120 uh, versus right around even, so 1.83 or two. Uh, you know, how much should we be betting on Hoffman here? Is this a normal stake? Maybe a little more than that. What do you think, John? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be going with a normal stake here just because I, I'm not huge on Hoffman in the conditions. But the way Johnson looked against Lazo, there's no way he should be. Um, it, it should be the other way around at the very least here. I think you're probably looking at a minus 125 Hompman, even money Johnson in terms of the bookie averages on odds portal. Those should be flipped. Um, and that that has to be a play for for Hompman, even though I like this is not going to be a pretty match, guys. Like, <laughs> so I don't think this is going to be a pretty Hompen's match. Form, though? I mean, Hompman yeah. hasn't played that well either. No, and that's that's another concern. I think he just, I think he was absolutely throttled in one of his most recent matches, like Love and yeah. Two or something. I, I'm um, looking but, it up right now. It was terrible. Against- you know what? This could be an overspot. Think about think Misha Zvera versus Matteo Viola today. I mean, it has the potential to be that hideous, disgusting match that you don't watch, but you bet on your edge and just follow along on Bet365's live scores or flash score. I just follow along and just like get excited when your guy has a break point because you don't want to watch or watch the match unfold because Hoffman it's just it's hideous. Six two six zero. Uh yeah. then he managed to go three sets against the guy. I don't know, you probably know him, right? Borgay down in Biella, Italy. Matthias Borg. Is that how you say it? Yes, yeah. Le Francais. Matthias Indeed. Borg. It, it took it took him uh, <laughs> he lost that one in, in three sets. So yeah, I mean that was not playing very well. Match, but again, yeah, exactly. I mean, but Stevie J right now, is he the level of even a challenger player? If you're losing to Lazlo Jerry on, is he on that hard bad? Parts, 
Is Johnson right. that bad lately? If you're losing to Lazlo Jerry on, on hard courts, you're an ITF level on it's not good. It's not you're good. on a futures level. Like, yeah. Right. And it's only right. been a week. You're, it's only been a week. There. So Fair point I think yeah. it's a standard stake, though. It's not, you're not, I, I don't right. think you should be maxing this. I don't think Hoppin should be like minus 200. You know what I mean? Um, but there's certainly room room to make a play here. Got it. Corda minus 233, or again, right around like 1.46, 1.45, I think, um, against Radu Albo. Um, Albo plus 184. Um, what do you think your spread is? Are we going for another dog? I like Corda. I like Corda a lot. I think I think that he's going to win this pretty easily. I didn't circle this as a dog spot. What do you think, John? It's I, I, I'm going to fight myself on this one. Um, on Albot or pass. I'm, I'm likely going to pass. I think Corda is incredibly talented. I think, I actually don't think he played horribly against Felix and Acapulco. That match was just incredible from Felix. Uh, and I, I do think that he, he, he's the deserved favorite. Um, I don't know. The problem with men's tennis is the plus one and a half sets marks are just like, you'll end up with like below even money. If you try and back Albot in that sense. And similarly, the, the plus games, aren't the greatest in men's tennis versus women's tennis because the whole percentages are so much higher. I'm just, and I mean, sorry, I don't mean hold percentages like books hold. I mean like the hold service percentages just so I don't confuse anyone. Um, but uh, yeah, I, this one I struggle with, but like I see a two eighty two dollars 85 cent number on Albot on a, on a slower court. And I'm like, man, it's not like he's playing one of the biggest names in tennis here. This is, this is probably a winnable match for him. Does he do it? Has his form been great? It's it's probably a pass for me, but I could I could justify you could justify a bet on Albot. Yeah, I think it's Albot or pass. We'll see if the line keeps moving out at all. Quan's a big favorite of Ravashka. Popperin's a big favorite of Rafael Lopez, who's organizing a tournament um, in the next week or so. Um, Teddy Sangren is playing Pedro Martinez. Martinez a small dog here, plus one ten. Sangren minus one thirty five. Um, probably a great spot for an over, I think. But the total's pretty high. Um, what angles are you guys looking at? Go ahead, John. Yeah, I think this is for me. It's lined correctly. I know that um, uh, spread likes one of the sides more. I do think that Pedro Martinez is is an interesting player who's developed a lot on hard courts the last few years. Am I going to take him to beat Sandgren at that a price around like the average price being around plus one ten? No, uh, but I, I I can see why it isn't you know a plus one forty number um, in, in these in this situation. And what do you think, Spread? I mean, are you going to back Sangren or did John talk you out of it? I wanted to back Sangren so much, right? But l- let's look at his results. He's won one match since the French Open. It was against J.P. Smith in Melbourne. <laughs> did he need three for that? I That tilted me. Yeah. I, I think he covered the spread. He covered for me, but I was just still livid. He, he lost a set to J.P. Smith, who's one of my least favorite players on tour. Yeah. And, and then you look at um, – Pedro Martinez, he hasn't played since the Australian Open. So, I mean, I guess Sangren only got one match in there, getting stomped by FAA. So, I'm completely staying away from this match, but you know I'm going to root for my guy, Tennis. Massetti, minus 222, or right around, I think, 1.48, maybe 1.47 against Michael Momo. Um, I'm sorry, Mo, um, plus 175 or 2.75. John, you think this is maybe a little overreaction on Massetti? I do. I, I think that that 
the courts in this match could produce some long rallies. And I've always said in, in terms of write-ups and, and, and my philosophy, if you can get some long rallies, you get longer points, longer points, longer games, longer games, longer sets, longer sets, longer matches. And who does that favor? That favors the dog. Um, I'm going to be leaning here towards Michael Mo. I do think there's a huge overreaction on Lorenzo Musetti outside of last week where he stunned Schwartzman. And that was a very, that was the leakiest I've seen Schwartzman, Schwartzman's forehand look like usually his, his game is predicated on being rock solid from the baseline. I haven't seen him leak so many errors in a long time. I'm sorry. I still don't believe that. Like, I don't want to take away from Muzetti winning that match, but I kind of have to. I don't think he he absolutely dominated Schwartzman and won that in the third set uh, because he was just the far better player. I think Schwartzman was really, really weak. Uh, I think Foe also kind of didn't look his best. Uh, and I'm kind of waiting for someone to step in and 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 play like a quality match they're capable of. And I think that's when we'll see like how overvalued Musetti is currently in the market. I do think that he hasn't done, I don't think he's done much outside of Acapulco in terms of um, tour level on hard courts. Those slow courts probably helped him a bit, but he really struggled serving in his first qualifying match. I think he lost the first set to a local uh, and then rail like absolutely railroaded him the next two. But I do think that there's a lot of room here to bet Michael Moe. I, I, I don't think I'd have this out at, at uh, you know, the average price at plus 175 is excessive for me. But again, I like what's most form like? What's he done this year? That's the other concern. There are concerns and there are reasons it, it is out uh, out that much. But I think when you look at the matchup in the courts, I think there is value. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it's the underdog here. I like Massetti's game a lot, but I don't know if he's deserving of quite this price yet. Hmm. Speaking of big prices, uh, Chris O'Connell here, uh, minus 263 against a guy with as many ATP main draw <laughs> wins as spread over the last year and a half or so. Um, you know, it's a really big number, minus 263 or, or just below um, 1.4 there. But, uh, you know, that's why we got a game handicap, right, John? Are we laying the big number? I kind of want to. The market beat me to it and it annoys me. Um, but I still think there might be value in minus four here. Chris O'Connell. Uh, the one thing I believe that um, Souza does have is is kind of a nice serve, um, but that can be that might be chewed up um, a bit by the courts. I think that in in rallies, Chris O'Connell with the current form draws Souza's in. I think he he's going to absolutely obliterate him. This to me should be like a four five game spread. I would think so. Four at near even money um, when you're crossing both the four and a half and, and over to the five key numbers. I. I think that you're showing some value there. Makes sense. And the last one here we wanted to talk about, you know, Query's a huge favorite over Lou and his protected ranking. Thompson over Del Bonus, we kind of passed out because we're not really sure what to do there. Tiafo, a big favorite over Travaglia. But Jan Vesely minus 180 against Laszlo Gier, Gier plus 145. You know, Vesely again minus 180, um, you know, 1.54-ish or so, I think. Um, what are you seeing here, John? Yeah, I think um, as mercurial and as like I've always I've always tried to stick to a philosophy of you don't bet Yuri Vesley or Martin Klishan or um, you know these kinds of players. I, they're almost like challenger Faninis and and um, pairs <laughs> within a match. And I've always hated betting them as a favorite and and laying games. I don't think I can get away from it here. The the the, the price has dropped a bit, or sorry, the price has increased, uh, if you will, but. I don't think I can. You can get away from it here. I think you're almost like people are believing, like, oh, maybe Lazlo Jerry is good on hearts because he beat a terrible Steve Johnson one time. Um, 
look, Yuri Vesley is a guy, he, like, I always like to make the comp between him and Klishan. I think they both uh, are kind of all-service players who just have never really, their mental kind of game has never really allowed them to progress to the next level. Klishan more so, obviously. I think he's won Rotterdam twice now, randomly, a 500 event. Uh, but I do think that these guys are going to be are, are competitive on most surfaces. He's got a huge game. We saw it in Australia against Casper Ruud. We saw how big um, that game can be. And if he can stay within himself for two sets, he should cruise here and cover easily. But I don't. You can never go really, really big laying games with these kinds of guys because they could win. We talked about this in prep. They could win six two love six seven six, and you know your minus game spread is pretty much done and dusted. Uh, and it's really irritating. And, and then you're sitting there like, oh, should I have just played the money line in a parlay? And that's, of course, now you start questioning things you shouldn't be questioning uh, and becoming results-oriented. These are the guys that drive you to that, that kind of poor thought process. So uh, be careful, but I do think there's value there. All right, gentlemen. I think that just about covers everything we have. Any other thoughts on Miami before we wrap it up? Thanks. This isn't really about Miami, but I have to ask Jorge this. Is there any other player on tour that doesn't circle behind their serve other than Madison Brangle? I mean, what how you can mean? you become a pro? I'm not watching a match. What are you? Uh... I'm talking about how she throws her. Uh... Let me full screen myself real quick. How do I do that? So she hey. throws her racket up and instead of circling behind, she just keeps it here and then swings. Oh, her service motion. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, is there oh, I kind of like it. It's is there I, anyone else who made the pros doing that? That's it, it like just reminds me of like well, what level of pros? And, what and level of pro? <laughs> There's a lot of wacky serves. That's true. Futures. If I was playing a kid like that when I was a kid, I would be like, this kid doesn't know how to play tennis. Like he never had a lesson. That was always my problem growing up playing. You, you didn't do the circle either. No, it was just my motion was just out of whack. Like I just had terrible oh, okay. service motion. So, I mean, that was always my issue, and it got me nowhere. So I don't know. I can't. I, tell so you. I've, I've I've seen her play before, and I knew she did this, but just watching it, I just I'm just like I can't believe. And I started thinking. I said, "Is there any other player like in the top 250 that that doesn't have a proper service motion that's that bad?" She's one of those players that just wants to get through her service game so she can get back on return, you know? Yeah. Get back to returning uh, the opposition serve. Well, I'm sorry to hijack in this into, into WTA, but, you know, I, I'm not enjoying this match. Oh, I never mind. Fact that, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know you love the WTA. Like I hey, we started doing ATP. They've, yeah. they've got us to doing ATP shows. It doesn't mean we can't talk about WTA. That's, that's, that's non-negotiable. We're all started. <laughs> and, and that's, we, that's what this podcast really was about. Guys, if you're listening and you can think of a worse service motion of a player in the top 250, please add us at Networth Pod and let me see it because this Sarah is- Ronnie. Oh. But she at least circles. I mean, she at least does it right. It's just bad. Well, that's when she's not underhanding it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Shay kind of serves like that. She just kind of whaps it. She she still she still circles. She still looks like she's she does. She by a pro. It. Well, folks, if you do want to let us know, you can find yeah, us on Twitter do. at Networth pod reach out to us there let us know what you think you can find all of us on twitter please give us a like a thumbs up a rating review whatever you can do we really appreciate it and we'll be back soon for some more tennis yeah we might maybe we'll try and do a check-in around this time next week and we can do uh we can do atp and wta just kind of give our thoughts uh for what's going on put a pin in that yeah and maybe if there's like markets available you know um to, to win the tournament from that point on, because being a bigger tournament, even the offshores, I think you're going to be able to bet the outrights. Like uh, 
I was hitting outrights on the Australian Open on I think it was Bovada, but uh, but at the after the semifinal, you know, going into the semifinals. So yeah, the they've been better with the live odds this year for sure. Yeah, so so maybe we'll do a check in next week. But uh, boy, it was a lot of fun, uh, especially because on the men, I'm still learning from uh, from John and, and Alex, especially because they're they're definitely more up on me. So I hope you guys learn too. We're doing our best. Thanks, folks. We'll see you soon. Good luck in all your ways.